Infirmary Media. In decades, the Matrix and Blade versus Bloodsport and Renegade. Strap on that cap, bust out the power glove. Come fight for what you love. Who coach your popping pins, dropping hand grenades? Van Halen locked in Mortal Kombat with David Gray. Found out ballet in sick. I am made of GNR. Come fight for what you love. Broadcasting from the new Infirmary Media Studios, it's the adult only retro game show where the 80s and 90s do battle because it's your history. We just fight for it. Welcome back to Dueling Decades. I am Mark James, and with us, as always, is... Uh, I hate that I have to announce this after last week's shellacking, but the current Dueling Decades champion, Man Crush. That's right, man. A shellacking was 6-1. to one. <laughs> It was horrible. I actually gave you a round. <laughs> I, I gave you the first round. And then it was just a landslide from there. But whatever, it happens. Every dog has his day, you know what I'm saying? I just have a lot more than you do. <laughs> and this week, Duelers, to help him celebrate the 20th anniversary of his titillating website, MrSkin.com, and the release of his 20 most iconic moments in celebrity nudity history, we have with us the stockpiler of sexy himself, the curator of cooch, the accumulator of areolas, the one and only Mr. Skin. I like that intro. Thank you. <laughs> the accumulator of cooch. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm going to steal that one. I like it. You should, yeah, you should get like a decal and put that across the window of your car. Oh, very funny. Very funny. Yeah. I know. It's kind of weird to think I've been doing this for 20 years. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely been, you know, time flies when you're having fun, of course, but uh, it's still weird to think. I actually started this in 1999. It's it, it just think of like what didn't exist on the internet in 1999. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Let me ask you this. Does it ever feel like work? Um, no, not really. The actual work like this stuff, like when you have to just occasionally, um, you know, uh, occasionally when you have to do real business stuff like accounting and raises and all that stuff, it does. But the actual work, going to, to work every day has been a joy. I mean, it, it really is. Think about what I get to do for a living. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot of people would love to be in your shoes, I'm sure. But uh, it's been since February. February was the last time you were on with us. Uh, of course, that was when we were poop culture before we folded that up. And you had the 20th Annual Anatomy Awards for uh, for that episode. What have you been up to since then? Well, just uh, it's been a you know a year of uh, interesting because you know I I think about it a lot like in the first ten years of doing this, it was it was definitely I don't want to say it was easier I just think it was um, you know we run a subscription website the landscape was different there wasn't as much quote free stuff out there but um, we've definitely over the last ten years come up with a lot of different ways to make people realize why paying us 995 or 1995 a month or something like that is is worth it because of the amount of content and um you know the expertise and when you come to the website the the love we put into uh female uh, nudity in film and television and you know listen sure you could 
try to go around the internet and find some of this stuff for free at, at many different locations. But we're kind of like a one-stop shop. If you're if you're a fan of uh, nudity in movies and television throughout the history of of both, you just come to MrSkin.com and we've basically fast-forwarded to the good parts for you. And uh, our website gets better and better all the time. I looking back at what our website was like in the first year, it's almost comical how uh, just, you know, you know, just almost remedial it was compared to what it is today. Oh, for sure. Do you ever go to like archive.org and, and look up the site? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. for shits and giggles. <laughs> See how bad it is. I look at some of the work. I used to do web design like way back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, man. It's crazy. It's God, crazy. I was horrible. I look back at some of that stuff and I'm like, God, people paid but, me. But, you know, there's someone coming to that website they were like, wow, this is great. At the time was like, this is so great. You know, I, I remember I used to like, I used to have um, navigation buttons in the early days that were like green olives. Cause I wanted that, like um, I wanted to have kind of a martini kind of a, you know, a supper club mentality to the, yeah. Yeah, I remember the website. <laughs> Can you imagine? I was, I cared more about stuff like that than actual of a, a true funnel, and and you know, I was, I was worried about olives as navigation things. You know, it's just funny. Hey, before we get too far, when we were poop culture, it was I'd say ninety percent of our audience was male. Now we have about thirty percent that are female. You guys do have some kind of male site as well, right? Yeah, we have a website called MrMan.com, which is a uh, you know, the exact same thing as Mr. Skin as far as, you know, nudity in movies and television, but it's for male nudity. And uh, no pun intended, but it's our fastest growing property over the last three years. Uh, um, it just continues. I remember about six, I think it was six, seven years ago, our guys came up to me and said, you know, we, we got to do a male nudity website. And um, I was kind of reluctant at first to do it. Um, because I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to promote it because I'm not going to have the expertise and it's just not my thing. I don't want to learn it and all that. But <laughs> yeah, the, the fact of the matter is the other thing I was a little naive about, I, I thought that it would be like 50% women and 50% men. That's not quite what it came down to. But um, as far as male nudity in movies and television, I can say unequivocally it's the best um celebrity nudity website out there uh without question it's it's really well done and you guys would be surprised how much male nudity there is in movies and television uh especially over the last five to ten years well there it is ladies if you were <laughs> that way you're not like oh god mr skin that's why i wanted to do it early on so you guys know that this exists you can go over there mrman.com sign up and you can look at peckers you can Say if they have too much foreskin or whatever you guys look for. I don't know. And I'm not, not just the ladies. Whoever's into that. Hey, we'll there's no such thing as too much foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, let's get into this list, though. I'm excited. You want to? I guess we're starting from 20, right? Yeah. So what I did is in honor of our 20th anniversary, uh, we worked really hard at this at the Mr. Skin offices, no pun intended. And we have the 20 most iconic moments in celebrity nudity. And, and really what we're looking for here is, what nude scene throughout history had had serious cultural impact, meaning, you know, it changed the landscape, uh, things became different after this thing, or it was so revolutionary that people remember it. And uh, 
I think you guys will know most of these nude scenes, and uh, um, maybe if you don't, I could, I'm happy to, uh, you know, fill you in on why they're important. But we'll start, if you're going to count it down, like starting at number 20 is the famous uh, Titanic nude scene with Kate Winslet, where what people forget is that was a PG-13 movie. And um, I got to say that, and I'll talk about different levels of nudity as far as audience and fame and all that, but I, I think it's safe to say that no nude scene uh, was ever watched more in a theater than Kate Winslet in Titanic. I would say that's yeah. probably pretty accurate. Yep. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It was like 15 weeks at number one in 1997. It was like huge budget. Um, and remember, again, I want to stress, and it's weird to think, considering what she showed in that nude scene, imagine getting a PG-13 rating with a nude scene like that today. It just, just wouldn't happen. It was artistic, though. It was tasteful. It was tastefully done, no question. <laughs> but you guys know the, you know, it's just, uh, listen, you could have – Tons of violence, guys getting their heads chopped off, and it's an R rating. A uh, woman takes her top off. It's an R rating, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, just it's, the way it goes. So. It doesn't make any sense. I'm glad you started off with uh, some 90s representation there. Um, I actually had a disagreement with somebody about this movie. Only a couple weeks back we were talking about it, and we brought up that scene. I was like, oh, yeah, where Kate Winslet was, you know, she's topless. And he was like, no, you're thinking of the painting. And I was like, no, dude, she was No, nude. he missed it. Yeah, like she was nude. How creepy would have that movie would have been if she wasn't topless, and then you <laughs> they reveal the painting, and he's drawing her nude. Exactly, exactly. How, could you put together like a top ten of PG thirteen nudes? I can't even think. Yeah, of Yeah, we've done that before. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you have. Yeah, we've done that before. It's uh, yeah. There's been um like um remember that movie uh with. Uh, Kelly LeBrock from the 80s called uh, Woman in Red. Do you remember yes. that movie with Gene yep. Wilder? Yep. The Woman in Red from 1984. She went yeah. full frontal, and that got a PG rating, which is incredible. Oh, that's right. Did she? Is that when she yeah. came out of the show? No, I'm thinking of uh, the one where they were blind. See no evil, hear no evil. With yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. you know that was Joan Severance. But Joan like, Severance, yeah. remember the movie Doc Hollywood in 1991 with Julie Warner, where she goes skinny dipping gets gets naked it's a long scene it's that was a pg movie people forget about that god that's nuts we'll have yeah. to i'll have to dig up those because i never even think about pg-13 and nudity but especially in the 90s but all right let's go on to uh, what's number 19 um the number 19 is a uh, the plot twist in the crying game the uh the the famous neil jordan movie from uh, the early 90s. And this was important because, you know, this was the first time you, they really dealt with, you know, transgender, you know, Jay Davidson, the big reveal. Um, nowadays, it might not seem as big a deal, but boy, back in 1992, um, to, to deal with this uh, transgender situation, just, it just hadn't happened. And it's part of the reason it was a sh such a shocking, um, famous nude scene uh, in the history of movies, and you know, in the history of movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that that went down even to like my age. I was in I was a freshman in high school, and I remember the 
the talk about flaccid penis was running rampant throughout the school. Like, oh, did you see, like, there was a dick in this movie. and But you really heard anything about transgender then. I mean, it, like you said, 2019, it would fit right in. But in 1992, that's shock value because, yeah. you know, everyone was like. Yeah, oh, and, and now, you know, right. you look at the show Billions and everything else where they, you know, it's just so common now. Uh, I, I don't want to say common, but it's just, it's not it's, shocking. like it Yeah, was it's then, acceptable. Just, yeah, it's acceptable, which is a good thing. And uh, the crying game was definitely instrumental in, in getting that, that going. So, For sure. And another 90s flick. So I like where this is going. What do you got for 18? Uh, number 18 is uh, just the whole Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon. Uh, you know, we joke that it's a lot of suburban housewives that go to see this. But um, what this really did was, um, and we're still seeing it, where it's it's really made kink kind of go mainstream. And um, what people, you know, joke about these, there were three Fifty Shades movies based on the books. And what people fail to recognize, those movies made combined over over $1 billion, almost uh, $1.3 worldwide. And that's Jeez. just at the box office, not counting everything else. And um, it's, it's really incredible um, what uh, these movies have done, both, mon- you know, monetarily, but also um, just making, showing that, you know, kinky, fetish stuff could 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 work in mainstream and make a lot of money right for sure and they couldn't wait to get this out the book came out in like 2011 and i think this was like 2013 because i remember i was watching uh sons of anarchy at the time and charlie human was supposed to be the uh the main character of that movie oh yeah uh, and he yep. dropped out can you imagine he's probably kicking himself in the ass because what yeah, has he that's done right or someone else, yeah. <laughs> or he was tied down and someone else was kicking him in the ass, right? That that probably would have killed his career. <laughs> you think? What has he been in since then? All right, good point. True <laughs> exactly. that, true that. <laughs> He's been in a couple of failed franchises, or at least franchises didn't live up to uh, what they should have. But, hey, 80s tie in there. You got uh, Dakota Johnson. So you got Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith's daughter in there. So that's kind of representing. Yeah, see, that's just kind of weird. That kind of <laughs> ruins the nudity for you. That's like your friend's daughter. It's kind of creepy yeah. in that way. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but she's like 30, though, right? Yeah, well, she's 30, but, you know, we grew up watching Don Johnson and thinking Melanie Griffith was really hot. And now it's like, that's yep. her daughter. So it it's kind of <laughs> adds that creeper element into it. Or it just proves that we're really fucking old. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. <laughs> All right, anyhow, what do you got for 17? <laughs> Number 17 is from a classic movie in the 80s. And if uh, you re- remember this, uh, this, this movie was the talk of the town for many weeks. 1986 is nine and a half weeks where Kim Basinger became a sex symbol. And, um, you know, again, this had this, uh, uh, this was one of the first movies in the mainstream to, to show that like psychosexual kink on screen. And, um, uh, obviously, Fifty Shades has taken it to another level, but back in 1986, this movie was huge, and boy, it aired on cable television throughout the late 80s and early 90s, and it's it's legendary with Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger. We actually, I almost picked this on one of our episodes not too long ago, and I remember it actually flopped pretty hard in the box office, 
when it first came out. And I believe that was because of all the cut scenes that they didn't release until like afterwards. And then right. the thing went fucking bonkers. Right. Made. The film wasn't a huge box office success, but at when it initially came out, but then with cable television yep. and you could watch this at home because it was so sexual. Um, it, it was huge on cable TV, like huge. And, um, became very famous movie that, you know, people remember. And, you know, you could say nine and a half weeks and people know what you're talking about. Did they add the scenes back in when they put it back on HBO and Cinemax and Showtime? In some instances, yes. Yeah, uh, it was huge, like, internationally. I remember reading, like, international. Okay, the movie ended up making a ton huge. of money. Just yeah. When it first came out in theaters, it wasn't a huge hit. But cable television propelled it big time, and you're right, in foreign markets it kicked ass. So, The only thing I remember from that movie, because I was young, man. I was like 10 years old probably watching this on HBO. I remember that the uh, the food scene where yeah. he's feeding her like fruit. She's blindfolded and he's putting things in her mouth. Yeah. Jello, And then he gives her like a jalapeno and she bites it and starts screaming. As a 10-year-old, yeah. I was probably very confused at what I was watching. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> what do you have for six? Hey, we represented again there. What do you got for 16? Number uh, 16 is um, American Pie reviving the teen sex comedy. And, you know, what people forget, we had the golden age of teen sex comedies, 1982 to 1985, 86, Porky's and all those movies. But um, then the John Hughes movies came out in the 80s and they were good movies. But the one thing they were lacking was female nudity. And then we get into the 90s and American Pie in 1999 kind of revived that golden age, those R-rated blockbuster uh, teen sex comedies. And uh, um, it's a significant movie because it, it showed uh, once again that uh, uh, tits and zits could make some money. And uh, uh, it was not only did really well at the box office, but it spawned many sequels, too. Yeah, I totally dug this movie. I still like it. I gotta go back and watch it. I think it's funny. I know Mark doesn't really like it as much. We've talked oh, about no. this before. I love oh. the first one. Oh, okay. The first it's one's the fantastic. Like. It's all the sequels. It just got so diluted and convoluted after yeah. a while. But first one's a masterpiece. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what teen sex comedies do. But the one scene, and I know they've taken a lot of backlash for this over the past couple of years with the whole uh, the Shannon Elizabeth webcam scene, that would totally not fly today. Yeah, not so oh, much. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, there's so many things. <laughs> so many things that you'll see on this list that wouldn't fly today, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And when was the last, you know, you say that one brought teen sex comedies back. I, I'm i trying to think when you started saying that. The only 90s teen sex comedy I could think of is, like, Ski School. Yeah. Oh, from, um, well... Don't forget, then they did stuff like Not Another Teen Movie uh, a couple years later. That You know, what I'm saying is then it was okay to do R-rated, you know, R-rated movies for kids that would make money. And there there were a bunch of them. You know, Road Trip was another one that followed that. Remember that movie? Kill a Cheetah? (laughs) (laughs) What do you got for 15? The Boys of Brokeback Mountain going gay. It showed that you could uh, do a movie that made uh, you know, two heterosexual males that played gay characters who not only had a movie that made a lot of money and won three Oscars, but it did not hurt 
Heath Ledger or Jake Gyllenhaal's career. In fact, it propelled their careers. And that was a big, big thing about Brokeback Mountain, which came out in 2005. Now, was there nudity in that? I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit. You know, the bizarre thing about, hold on, Mark, I'll just real quick. When uh, this came out for to rent, I was actually in the Marines. And the video store on base did not carry it. Because you got to think, this is like 2004, 2005. The whole don't ask, don't tell thing was going on. Oh, yeah. So oh, that, that shit was not in the video rental store there. So I've never gotten a chance to see this. I just never went back to see it. But, you know. I heard there's a lot of grunting and like funny shit like that. <laughs> it's so <big. laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. What were you saying? Yeah, I, I just don't remember the male nudity. I remember Anne Hathaway's boobies in the movie, but maybe I just wasn't looking well, hard part, enough. That's... But <laughs> sorry, what do you got for fourteen? Uh, number fourteen is Jane Mansfield becoming the first major American movie star to go nude, and uh, this is significant for a lot of reasons, but. If you guys know, Jane Mansfield was like kind of the poor man's Marilyn Monroe. And uh, after the Hayes Commission in 1934-35 came out and really put the kibosh on nudity in movies, where you didn't see nudity from 1935 through the 40s and 50s, the 60s came along and Marilyn Monroe made a movie called, or was making a movie called Something's Got to Give in 1962, where she was going to do a nude scene. In fact, she filmed a nude scene, but she had so many issues on set that they canceled the movie and it never got made. But if Marilyn Monroe was going to do a nude scene, it made it okay that Jane Mansfield would. And, you know, things changed um, with the, you know, the sixties and nudity wasn't as, as scary a thing. And this was the first movie uh, to feature a, a, a mainstream film that featured uh an American actress naked since the Hayes Commission. And uh, there was foreign films with Lorraine and Sophia Lorraine and Bridget Bardot in the 50s, but this was an American actress. And by the way, fantastic nude scenes in this. And then that started all the great nudity in the 60s, 70s, and beyond. Yeah, it just started that whole trend. You know, Marilyn Monroe did it, then Jane Mansfield did it. Where does it end? What do you get? Orson Welles is going to do a nude scene next? <laughs> Hot. You know, like I was actually a little surprised by this one at 14. Her being such a trailblazer, I thought you would have had it higher. Like, was it because she, like, died early? Because she died in, like, a horrific car accident or, like, early 30s or something. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, all these things, you could, you could throw them up in the air and they could land and you wouldn't even mind where they fall. Like, there isn't, like – really right or wrong answers on these right. things but eventually we gotta we gotta put them at at some spot and maybe when you see the other ones you'll understand why they were a little bit ahead so all right so what do we got for 13 then number 13 which and i mentioned it earlier was the launch of porky's the teen sex comedy from 1982 which really started the whole 80s teen sex comedy um you know genre because this movie, what people don't remember, it spent eight weekends as the number one movie at the box office. And um, it's hard to imagine that this movie with the famous group shower scene and a bunch of high school kids trying to get laid was such a you know huge, massive mainstream success. And you guys know what happens when you know a new genre 
makes a lot of money. It makes, yep. next thing you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say copycats, but similar types of movies. And remember Last American Virgin, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, My Tutor, Private School. Zapped. Risky Business. All those teen yep. sex comedies yep. came out soon after to try to capitalize on, on this audience. And uh, like I said, John Hughes, uh, his movies kind of changed this, but there's, boy, there was a five-year window where some of the best teen sex comedies ever were made from 82 to 86. Oh, absolutely. Like there's one, like his meatballs came out the first one, which I wouldn't really categorize there yet. Right. It was a little before that, but yeah, yeah. it was a little bit before, but then the sequels, they jumped right on Porky's back because they were like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's amazing. And then for five, six years you had in and out of the box office, you had, you know, direct to video and these movies that were, all over the place. We've seen hundreds of them, and I don't even think we've even like broken the surface of how many there actually were. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is. All right, so what's 12? Number 12 is uh, Showgirls celebrating the NC-17 rating, and uh, this came out in 1995, and Paul Verhoeven's uh, follow-up, The Basic Instinct. It's actually more legendary even today than when it came out, but it's now really hailed as one of the all-time great, you know, camp classic films. And um, I think it's one of the greatest of all time. It made over $100 million just in video rentals. And uh, um, it's really amazing. And what was amazing about it is that they decided, the creators of the film, that they were going to embrace that NC-17 rating. And in spite of the fact that it had that rating, it made tons of money and it's still beloved today uh to me like what i do for a living showgirls is one of the greatest movies of all time <laughs> you know like i had it was a pick of mine maybe five or six months ago i actually had uh henry portrait of a serial killer so oh yeah the, yeah the following yeah. october is when uh, october 90 they came out with nc-17 and they put it on henry in june and then from that movie to showgirls, I were there any movies between that five year period that were NC seventeen in the box office? Not a lot. Yeah, you're right. Henry and June was one. Uh, did Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer get the? I it, thought it was rated R. It, but you well, said it was a... see, this is the thing. It came out in '86, and then they just unrated it until '90, and that's when they released it. So it didn't get that NC seventeen. They actually released it the month before, and then of course Henry and June got the first. NC-17, I think it was like October 5th. It's amazing mm-hmm. how you remember shit like this. I feel like you sometimes. Yeah. But October 5th, 1990, you got that Henry and June, the uh, Fred Ward. Uh, who was the, the chick that was in that? Uh, Maria Medez. No, the the uh, the popular. Oh, the who, was in, who was in Henry and June? Yeah, from Pulp Fiction. Maria, What's... Maria de Medeiros was in it. Bridget LaHaye. Um, Bridget LaHaye. Uh, well, I'm thinking of the nude. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, you're getting yeah. all the good stuff. All right, so we'll we'll move on though. That's a good one, man. Especially uh, dropping the NC-17, and it's in the '90s. So what do we got for number eleven? Um, number eleven is NYPD Blue. This scene that what I don't think a lot of people remember is back in February of 2003, Charlotte Ross did a uh, nude scene that, if you watch it, you will not believe that this actually aired on ABC primetime with commercials in February of 1993. It's an R-rated nude scene that you would get an R rating in a movie theater. It would get, you know, you'd only be able to see this today on a, uh, on like an 
HBO or a Showtime or Netflix show. This is just not what you would expect. And this is where we were going until what happened at number one happened that changed this. But um, the what people don't realize is how great nudity was or going to be as of uh, February of 2003 when NYPD Blue uh, did this nude scene. Yeah, and Stephen Bucco, he actually did this in the 90s, too. There was a scene where uh, Sipowitz and that DA that he was banging at the time, I can't remember her name. Actually, they end up getting married. Uh, but they had a nude scene, and both their asses are in the nude. I mean, it's not full nude, but... Everyone makes fun of the Sipowitz <laughs> showing his butt, you know. Yeah, but her ass is actually great. Yeah, who was she? Was he was Sharon Lawrence, right? That's yeah, Sharon Lawrence. Yeah. Yep. But then you get you want to see her nude, but then you got to look at his butt. You know. <laughs> hey, whatever. At Encova Insurance, we encircle you with insurance solutions you can trust. We provide coverage to protect what you care about: business insurance, including workers' compensation, auto, home, and life insurance. What makes us unique? Our superior financial strength, smart technology, a one-stop shop for custom-tailored solutions. Encova 360, our approach to workers' compensation and local decision-making. We are Encova Insurance. Visit Encova.com for more information. All right, so what do we got? Number 10. So number 10 on our list of the most uh, iconic moments in celeb uh, nudity is uh, Marilyn Monroe posed uh, actually on the cover of, or in the centerfold of the first Playboy magazine. You know, she posed for that famous red um you know, the red silk nude, uh, Hugh Hefner bought, paid like 500 bucks for the picture and put it in the first issue of Playboy after she became famous in 1952. This aired, uh, this episode, the first Playboy was in 1953. And um, boy, uh, these nude photos are legendary and it kind of started the whole sexual revolution in a, you know, it was early, but it kind of started it and, and kicked Playboy off. And that's why I came in at number 10. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that it was so low on your list. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, these, you know, the 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 orders can be shifted here, but I think all of these are culturally, you know, impactful. But it's just a question of, you know, how how they compare to the others, and and eventually you just got to make a choice of where they should be on the list. Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still good. I mean, Marilyn Monroe is iconic. That can go anywhere. All right. So, what do you got for nine? Number nine is Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape, which is iconic in many reasons. Number one is it's probably the most, this was before the internet. It was pre-internet. So this is the most copied and shared video ever. Mm-hmm. And um, came out in 1995, just before the internet, a few years before the internet really kicked in. And, um, you know, before this, um, sex tapes were kind of like uh, a way to peek into a celebrity's very private life, but negatively, you know, this only um, made these two people more famous and more beloved. And it started the whole celebrity sex tape uh, revolution, which others and someone farther up on this list will talk about soon really benefited from a sex tape but this is my favorite sex tape that came in at number nine yeah this was huge back then you're absolutely right this spread like (laughs) wildfire through i I was in high school at the time there there was like three or four people that i knew that had like bootleg copies of this yep and the whole story behind uh this tape getting stolen is crazy with the i think it was like an electrician or whatever 
and Tommy pointed a gun at him and pissed him off. Yeah, supposedly he owed him like owed him twenty grand. Yeah, I never bought into that. Oh, you think it was all set yeah, up? Yeah, who knows? Who yeah, knows? Well, totally. <laughs> totally. It had to be. That it's so far fetched, man. Yeah, the guy was like stalking the house out and stole the whole safe and like brought it into the woods and saw it off the back. It's so crazy the entire story of it. I remember reading it years ago, but man. Yeah, you're right though. It was huge. The tape did pretty well too. uh honk the boat all right so what do we got yeah well anyway going down the list so number eight on my list (laughs) speaking of chloe sevigny becomes the first oscar nominee to perform a a blowjob on film in uh brown bunny which had never happened before uh this is that vincent gallo 2004 movie and you know, it's interesting because this movie played at the Cannes, uh, Cannes Film Festival. It was a uh, mainstream film, you know. And in this movie, she performed the sex act, which that was huge and culturally significant. But secondly, she was an Oscar-nominated actress, and it really is incredible. And, it, and now we see it a lot more, like movies like Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and 2, Nine Songs, for instance, that it's common now for major films or mainstream films to have real sex in them but this was the first time it happened uh you know this is the first time it it happened at at that level it's it's crazy to see like i think we're used to seeing porn stars flip the script and go mainstream like you know like uh tracy lords did and thing like that but to flip it the other way around is just that's kind of shocking because i've seen this scene i've never seen the movie but i it was something you had to see to believe and she does no, a good I job. Agree. Oscar nominated blowjob. She's fantastic. <laughs> I agree. She was good. <laughs> what do you got for number so seven? So number uh, seven is Boogie Nights bringing porn into the mainstream and legitimizing it from uh, 1997. And, um, you know, this is uh, uh, Paul Thomas and Anderson's movie. It really repopular, repopularized uh, the 70s porn culture. And now we see shows like The Deuce and... Uh, there was vinyl, all these, you know, like this was the one that said, hey, that era was cool. Um, it was a, a brilliant movie. There's famous Mark Wahlberg prosthetic penis scene towards the end, but um, m- many legendary nude scenes in this. But yeah, Boogie Nights bringing porn into the mainstream and legitimizing it is number seven on our list. That's 100%. And this even hammers it home even more. I went to see this midday with my buddy Pat. And there was nobody in the theater except for us and two like late fifties, early sixty year old women. I don't know if they knew what they were there to see, but they got an eyeful at the end. And I remember there was like an audible groan. Like we didn't hear a peep from them the whole time until Mark Wahlberg pulls his cock out of his pants. And then you heard, Oh, one of those. <laughs> Fucking crazy though. But yeah, it's I mean, that right there, fifty year old people going to see Boogie Nights. Amazing. All right, so what do you got for number six? Yep. Well, they, they were probably fans of 70s porn, too. So um, <laughs> anyway, I don't have to say much about number six because um, when people ask me what's my favorite nude scene in the history or the greatest nude scene in the history of celebrity nudity, I always say Phoebe Cates stepping out of the pool uh, in slow motion at 51-minute mark in Fast Times at Richmond High to me is the most iconic greatest celebrity nude scene of all time 
and, and from a great movie too. We would definitely both agree with that. We made a list like this. Uh, we had this is about three or four years ago. We had Jim Wynerski on, and we oh, made cool. this we made this whole list for him, thinking like, oh, he's gonna love this. Uh, our number one pick was Phoebe Cates. He shit all over it. Like, he was like horrible. She's got small tits. Terrible. That's a terrible pick. Oh uh, uh, no! Yeah, it was She's perfect. <laughs> we were like, what? And I'm a big boob guy, but that's perfect. I mean. The car's moving in stereo, slow motion. Yeah. She was like on the cover of Teen Beat magazine. Every guy knew her. That was such a big deal when she did that. What an thing. apropos name. Teen Beat. <laughs> Teen Beat, right. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for Funny. Actually, number five. I'm looking at the picture right now. You're going to do a Game of Thrones one. You're going to have to explain. Yeah, well, number five is not about Game of Thrones. It actually is Amelia Clark's new debut on Game of Thrones. It's not about Game of Thrones as much as it is about um, how television, when this debuted in 2011, it was okay to have graphic sex and nudity on quality television that was going to win Emmys. And this, it's changed everything. Um, when I started Mr. Skin in 99, there were like 19 television shows that featured nudity. Now there's 157 across a ton of different platforms. Wow. Um, Game of Thrones really made it okay to not only have nudity, but have very graphic stuff, yet still get a huge mainstream audience, make a lot of money, and win awards. And this picture is fantastic that you have here. I I still have not seen this show. If the Jets continue to suck the way they do, I think that's what I'm going to do for my weekends from here on <laughs> well, out for the rest of the season. I would start watching it right now then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they suck since week one. Not looking I was, good. I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Great. You're going to go from one disappointment to the other. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a Jets fan. That's where I'm used to it. All right, so what do you got for number four? Number four on the top 20 list is Halle Berry's uh, incredible sex scene in Monsters Ball at the hour and 13 minute mark. What I consider the greatest mainstream uh, sex scene in movie history. And before this movie, actresses that did graphic sex and nudity wouldn't be considered uh, as serious Oscar contenders. And Halle Berry changed all that. And if you remember after this movie in 2001, then you had like Natalie Portman, in Black Swan won Oscar, but she had that sex scene with Mila Kunis. Um, Charlize Theron had some graphic nudity in Monster, um, won the award. So uh, Halle Berry showed that, hey, you could be completely naked, have graphic sex, and win an Oscar, which was a big deal. And good for all of us. So. This scene goes on for literally oh, an eternity. Oh, it's a three-minute scene. Yeah, people always ask me if they were really having sex. They weren't, but it, it looks like it. Oh, how the hell could they not be? She is like, I mean, first he's getting her from the back. She's right. They get in every position known to man. Like they do a I great know. job. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty amazing. It goes on so long. It just, it almost, it gets uncomfortable at one point. And I kind of oh, think which, yeah, that was yeah. the point. Yeah. The slow riding where she was kind of like, just, I don't even know if she was even moving at one point. I was like, what's going on right now? Is she going to make it? <laughs> Speaking of Halle Berry, did you uh, did you ever toss around the idea of putting Swordfish on this list just for the sheer fact that yeah, but it didn't have the cultural impact. It was yeah. a, you know it was an interesting nude scene. It it came out actually the same year as Monsters Ball, so uh, to me, Monsters Ball was a bigger deal. Oh, for sure. And do you yeah. believe the whole thing with the half million dollars? Because I know she denies that. Um, 
Yeah, I've heard the rumors just like everyone else. I don't know what's what's what. So, all right. So, what do you got for number three? Number three, um, you know, I told you Phoebe Cates, the most my favorite nude scene of all time, the greatest. I told you that Titanic was probably the most viewed in a theater nude scene ever. But I think the most famous nude scene in the history of movies is Sharon Stone's famous leg cross scene in Basic Instinct. And to show that part of your anatomy in a mainstream blockbuster, that movie made a lot of money in 1992. is really incredible. And uh, to this day is still what I consider, I mean, think about how many times this thing's been parodied. Even Lena Dunham and Girls parodied this yeah. uh, scene in, on her TV show. So it's pretty incredible uh, how many people remember Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Oh, absolutely. And that whole scene, you talk about watch and rewatch. You talk about VHS tapes. I challenge you to go find a, a copy of Basic Instinct where it's a pristine copy of the leg cross scene. Yeah. It, you will not find it. Now, that is why digital was invented, because yes. people yep. realize we're going to lose this forever eventually because the tape's going to get ruined. So we have to come up with something new. Pause, stop, yeah, rewind. It's so funny. You're so right, because that, that scene got, it was wiggly every time someone watched it, you know. <laughs> it's like I saw her vagina. It was weird looking. It's like not even straight. All right, so what do you got for number two? Uh, number two on our list is uh, Kim Kardashian launching a career and a lifestyle brand, the success of her sex tape. And uh, that's really, uh, this is big. You know, Pam and Tommy Lee was, yeah, I actually like that one better. But Kim Kardashian launched a whole career, a whole career. And forgetting what she, you know, what her talent is or whatever. What is her uh, talent? Yeah, well, it's the or, the talent is being famous, and it was because of this sex tape that her career took off, and she's never looked back. And um, for anyone out there that's thinking a sex, you know, a quote leak sex tape or getting this out there is going to be bad for a career, I think Kim Kardashian and Pam Anderson have other ideas. So. Yeah, I mean that did it for her whole family. I never heard of any yeah. of them except for the father. You know, during the OJ trial. I didn't hear of the Kardashians until that shit happened, and then now they're everywhere. The entire family, even the extended right. family, like every everybody knows these people. Oh, I thought you meant they all have sex tapes. Oh well, they probably. Did. I think there are. <laughs> aren't there a couple more? Oh, or am I, don't I just? Know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, fantasizing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right. I really want to. Where? What's number one? Because the whole list was great. You had 19 fantastic things on here. What is one? Well, number one is uh, Janet Jackson slipping a nip during Super Bowl 38 in February of 04. And, uh, you know, remember when I was talking to you guys about number 11 and how NYPD Blue had that scene with Charlotte Ross. And um, what, when Janet Jackson, when that happened, it just had such a chilling effect, not only on television and forced it to be where you didn't see nudity on ABC or anything after that for a very long time. It also, for guys in radio, had a chilling effect from the standpoint of a lot of radio shows, morning zoo shows had to go from, you know, R rated PG 13 shows to almost PG because the FCC just clamped down on everyone. And it had, you know, just had such an effect on, on the, on the culture. And, you know, you also got to remember that when this happened, there were very few people that had DVRs and um, it happened really quickly and no one expected it. And um, 
I got to tell you, it was the busiest day we ever had at MrSkin.com because I actually put this at their web at my website the night it, of the Super Bowl, and the next day was the busiest day we ever had, both in traffic and signups because it was before YouTube, it was before Facebook, it was before Twitter, and like I said, people didn't have DVRs to just go back and you know rewind it, so they were like, where could I go to see this? And they actually had our greatest day ever, so. On many, many levels, uh, Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction is the most culturally significant uh, celebrity nudity of all time. My biggest question is, what the fuck is on her nipple? Yeah, I know. What is It's that? like a, a metal star thing. It's a you know? sheriff's badge. That yeah. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that had to be planned. I mean, what else would oh, you be ripping off her yeah. shirt? And yeah. actually, Justin Timberlake actually coined the phrase, wardrobe wardrobe malfunction when he wrote an apology um you know after this because you know everyone was so upset it was so horrible but it did happen at the super bowl which was a big deal so yeah i remember i and it's one of those things you remember where you were when you saw it even though it was like such a split yeah. second thing i remember exactly where i was who I was watching the game with and, and all that it's pretty crazy that I, I don't think i've ever seen it again until i just saw that photo so that's uh Kind of weird that I'm seeing the close-up of it now because I always saw it from far away, so I never saw that little weird. It almost looks like a bad '90s tattoo or something. It's just bizarre. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I told you we'd get you out of here in uh, 45 minutes. We're right about that mark. Uh, no, that's we, great. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Always fun talking to you guys, and I, I hope you enjoyed the list. Our our team worked really hard on it. And by the way, this list is all completely free at the front page of. Uh, MrSkin.com if you want to check it out. Oh, absolutely, man. And you represented the 80s and 90s good because I'm thinking about half this list was probably 80s and 90s. So that fits right in with what we do. So I'm proud of our two decades. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They uh, We put up an ample amount of nudity and there's plenty more out there. Uh, let me ask you while you're on before you go. We got to get you on the show to do it either an all 80s and 90s list with us or even judge an episode. Yeah, for sure. Just let me know, and uh, I'd be happy to come back and do that because you guys really know your stuff. That's awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, man. And if you want to plug your stuff again before we go, you could drop it right here. Yeah, just go to MrSkin.com, the 20 most iconic moments in celeb nudity right at the front page of the website. You can't miss it. All right. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks. All you right. Too. Take care, man. Bye. All right, duelers, we'll end this episode right here. But don't worry, head over to MrSkin.com where you can check out the 20 most iconic moments in celebrity nudity history. And right after that, head over to DuelingDecades.com where you can subscribe to our show over on CastBox, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And then remember, at Facebook.com forward slash DuelingDecades, you can compete in our weekly trivia. We have audio trivia and picture trivia every day where you can earn points to be on the Dueling Decades leaderboards. So until next time, duelers, we're going to bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a grateful week, everyone. Infirmary Media. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. 
Well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2020 Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk 4x4 for $299 a month for 27 months with $3,409 due at signing. Tax, title, license, extra. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires due to contribution, lease to Chrysler Capital. Extra charge for miles over 22500 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. 